0: So I have this idea for a podcast. It would not be a sports podcast. It would be called The Dumbest Thing You've Ever Done. And I would just ask famous people, hey, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done? And I think there would be some pretty funny stories, maybe some sad stories, maybe some cringeworthy stories. I think I know what Bob Stoops would say here. And there's a guy who serves as a minor character in this game. Or actually, he becomes a major character. But he was a minor character up until one serious mistake he made. In fact, he might have said that it was the dumbest thing he's ever done in football. If it hadn't been one of the best things that's ever happened to Oklahoma State. Yes, we're talking about Bedlam 2014 punting the ball to Tyreek Hill a second time. This is the Bedgood's Big 12 Bullets, Game of the Week. (laughs) Regrettably... This is the only game in the Big 12 Bullets Game of the Week series that I attended. And I have avoided talking about it for six years, but we'll talk about it now. In fact, I've kind of forgotten a lot of the game on purpose, but I've gone back and I know it. Oklahoma State's overtime win in Norman against Oklahoma in 2014 forever known as the Tyreek Hill game. We're going to get into everything that was involved in this game. We're going to talk to 2017 Bolitnikoff winner James Washington, one of the best receivers in college football history, uh, one of the best receivers in Oklahoma State history, a record holder for Oklahoma State. Uh, he was a freshman on this team, and he contributed in this game. But, of course, everyone only remembers the contributions one play that took 11 seconds from when he got the ball to when he scored by Tyreek Hill. If you are an NFL fan, you know the name Tyreek Hill. It's not even a question you know who Tyreek Hill is. He is the Chiefs' dynamic special weapon. He and Patrick Mahomes team up to just destroy the league. He is one of the fastest players, one of the fastest human beings on planet Earth. His high school 200-meter time would have finished sixth in the London Olympics. Yes, you heard that right. And we will get into how he factored into this game in a major way. But first, let's talk about RevTown Jeans. RevTown Jeans. Best jeans in the world. Comfortable. Stretchy. It's almost like wearing an athletic pant. But with the style of jeans, you can... You can wear these to work. You can wear these to church. You can wear these on a date. You can wear these anywhere you'd want to wear stylish jeans, but you know what? You can wear them around the house. They're that comfortable. RevTown Jeans, RevTownUSA.com. So like I said, I don't want to talk about this game, but we have to because I'm a man of integrity. And if we're going to talk about when OU wins, we're going to talk about when OU loses and when they lose in such a painful, painful way. So let's set the stage. Oklahoma was not great this year. They were ranked, but they they had had a very average season. They were quarterbacked by Cody Thomas. And when you look back at the history of Oklahoma in the 2010 to 2019 decade, you're going to be looking at a lot of legendary quarterbacks. First, you'd start with Baker Mayfield, Heisman Trophy winner. You'd go to Kyler Murray, Heisman Trophy winner. You'd go Jalen Hurts, second in the Heisman Trophy voting. Then you'd go to Landry Jones, who holds like a ton of passing records, who was an offensive machine at Oklahoma. And in that period between Landry and Baker, there were several different quarterbacks. You had Kendall Thompson, didn't really do that much. You had Trevor Knight, who had the big Sugar Bowl win, but was not a great player and ended up transferring to A&M. You had Blake Bell, who is a good tight end, but not a good quarterback. And then you had Cody Thomas. And Cody Thomas ended up actually leaving the team to play baseball. He was a very average quarterback. And so this was not an Oklahoma team that was incredible. But that said, this was an Oklahoma State team that was coming off five straight losses. This was a team that looked like they were going to end Mike Gundy's eight-year bowl streak in dating back to his second year at Oklahoma State in 2006, he's made a bowl every single year except for the first year when they were four and seven. This was going to be the first year that they didn't make a bowl. The uh, There were people calling for his job after an eight and five year in 2012, and then you go 10 and three in 2013. And then you were looking at if they lost this game, they would have been five and seven with no bowl in 2014, and people were getting a little bit tired of the Gundy shtick. And you hear that every few years at Oklahoma State, and this is one of those years, and they needed this win. He rarely beats Oklahoma. In fact, he had only beaten them one time, and that was in Oklahoma State's incredible 2011 season. Oklahoma State never beats Oklahoma. In fact, this game has been played continuously since 1910. Oklahoma State had 17 wins before this season. They had eight in Norman in over 100 years. That's how rare this was. So Oklahoma, not great, but they did have Samajay Pirine, who was a great running back. And he was running kind of all over Oklahoma State for most of this game. But Oklahoma State had a secret weapon. Mason Rudolph. You thought I was going to say Tyreek Hill. Mason Rudolph. You know, everyone knows Mason Rudolph because he became Oklahoma State's probably greatest ever quarterback, maybe in the discussion at least in the top two or three uh, and he's the all-time passing leader, and they had James Washington. Both of them were freshmen. James Washington and Rudolph would combine to probably be the best tandem in Oklahoma State history, and Rudolph had started the week before they lost, but they were much, much, much more competitive after they burned Rudolph's red shirt, so he goes into this game, and Oklahoma State plays pretty well. Oklahoma is leading. Samaj P. Reign's kind of running the game Oklahoma staying ahead staying ahead staying ahead but not by a lot and, and Oklahoma State starts coming back but I was at this game I never felt like Oklahoma State was going to win ever I just it was almost boring it was like ah we're going to win this game these are not great teams playing Oklahoma's going to win Oklahoma's going to win Oklahoma's going to win oh shoot Samaje so P right in the third quarter gets hurt doesn't matter Oklahoma's still going to win so they're staying out by about two touchdowns. Oklahoma State finally closes that gap. And it's a one-touchdown game in the fourth quarter. They have the ball. They're driving. They're going to try to win the game or tie the game. They're going to try to tie the game. And Rudolph throws an interception to Zach Sanchez. That's game over. Game over. Three minutes left. Oklahoma has the ball. Oklahoma State's done. They're cooked. They're not a great team. And then their defense does step up and they get a three and out with about a minute to go. Oklahoma State has no timeouts. The ball is on the 40-yard line, Oklahoma State 40-yard line. So this punt just needs to kind of pin them deep, and Oklahoma State's going to have to drive with less than a minute to go with a freshman quarterback all the way down the field to tie it with no timeouts. This is, a, this is in the bag for Oklahoma. The only thing that could cause a problem is, is a guy back there that we've already talked about, Tyreek Hill. Now, nobody outside of Oklahoma State fans and maybe some guys who are really plugged in really knew about Tyreek Hill. He'd returned some kickoffs for a touchdown. He had, he had some all purpose yards. He was a, a, a weapon, but every college team has a weapon, you know, a little secret gadget weapon that they can use and that can tally up some yards. And sure, Oklahoma had game plan for Tyreek Hill. At the same time, he had no punt return touchdowns all season. It was not a thing. It wasn't like you were punting to Devin Hester, at least at the time. This was not a guy that everyone was like in the stands like, oh, don't punt it to that guy. Now, if this happened in 2020, nobody would kick the ball within a thousand yards of this guy. But Oklahoma did. Oklahoma State went for the punt block. So not even they thought Tyree Hill's going to be able to return this. They go for the punt block, and they punt it, and Oklahoma punts it. It's fair caught. Now here is where everything changes. Jordan Stearns for Oklahoma State, overzealous, trying to make a play to win the game, runs into the punter. It was a massive mistake. It should have, could have, cost his team the game. Because if he had gone about six inches further and hit the plant leg of the punter, the punter falls down and it's roughing the punter. That's a 15-yard penalty, a first down. His team has no timeouts. Oklahoma kneels at one time. Basically the game's over. Because it was fourth and nine and because he did not run into the plant leg, the penalty was a five-yard penalty for running into the punter. So Oklahoma now has two options. They can punted again with 45 seconds left or they could just say you know what Oklahoma State try to drive all the way down the field with 45 seconds left and no timeouts Bob Stoops is a smart guy he's a genius football coach one of the greatest coaches of all time I've had him on the podcast you know I feel he's about him this was a huge mistake he he took Jordan Stern's mistake and turned it into his own mistake They decide to punt it again. Now, they say that they tried to have their punt. uh, They had their punt coverage team go left, and the punt was supposed to go to the left side of the field, pin it deep in that corner. He's not returning it. Everything's fine. The punt went right. Tyreek Hill fields the punt. It kind of fields it with his momentum not necessarily going forward, but he gets going forward quickly, has one little hesitation, picks up a key block, and returns it all the way down the sideline, 92 yards for the touchdown to tie it. One of the most iconic plays in Oklahoma State history. It ties the game. It was unbelievable. I was, I, I've never seen anything like it, and I was there with <laughs> RG3 through the, the deep bomb to beat Oklahoma at Baylor. I was there for that. This was even more heart-wrenching because it was so unexpected and so insane. That that would happen, and I, I just I can't believe it happened. It was it was just ridiculous. So that is what happened in this game. Oklahoma State wins it overtime after Oklahoma misses a field goal. Incredible. I I hated every second of it, but it was an incredible turnaround by an incredible player. I talked to James Washington, one of the greatest receivers in college history, as I've said. And so we're going to get into that conversation with him, get his take on the whole game, what it meant to Oklahoma State. And we'll, on the back end of that interview, I will summarize a little bit more and I'll tell you what happened to Tyreek Hill because that story is fascinating and dark and twisted and just crazy. But for now, let's go to our interview with James Washington. He was generous enough to give me 10 minutes of his time. He had a a, a hard out after 10 minutes. So it's not our longest interview. I think he could have talked longer. But very nice guy and a very, very interesting interview. So here's James. And I'm excited to welcome in the 2017 Bolitnikoff Award winner. Current Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver and former Oklahoma State wide receiver, James Washington. Welcome, James. It's good. What's going on? Not much, man. So uh, I assume you're excited to talk about this, but I have to be a little honest. I uh, went to OU and I was at this game, and it kind of hurts, you know, reliving it, but I guess it's pretty exciting <laughs> for you. Yeah,
1: hey, pretty crazy night.
0: <laughs> well, uh, so for, for obviously Oklahoma State fans, are familiar with your story, but. Um, Just quick background, where are you from and how did you end up at Oklahoma State? Uh,
1: So I'm I'm from Stanford, Texas. Uh, For people who don't know, it's like 40 miles uh, north of Abilene, Texas. Uh, You know, I guess I had my highlights on Google and one day uh, Casey Dunn, the receiver coach there, he called me and and said he's been checking me out and uh, offered me up for a visit and next thing you know when I'm leaving, they, they offered me on the spot. At the time, I was committed to Texas State. And that was my only other offer. And, you know, I just, I just rode with them till the end.
0: Wow, that's interesting. So that was your, your, your big offer. How big of a town is Stanford? Uh, we were 1A,
1: uh, in Texas. So, I mean, I graduated with like 42 people in my class. Uh, maybe
0: 25, 3,000 people, maybe. Man, that's crazy. So you were a 1A receiver. That's, uh, Did you play receiver in high school or were you a quarterback? I did, I did. Okay, yeah. A lot of times, a lot of times the uh, best player is usually the uh, quarterback when you're at a small school like that. So, um, well, that's that's you know really interesting. So you were a freshman in 2014, and that's right. Yes. Yeah. So you you played in most games, but just kind of going into this game Oklahoma State had been struggling i think it was five straight losses a 5 and 6 record but Mason Rudolph um started the game before obviously you'd been practicing with him how just excited were you to, for him to get out on the field i mean i assume you knew he was different right uh yeah i mean ever
1: since that uh that game that you know he came in against Baylor our freshman year you know from that day i felt like we were we're we're clicking pretty good, man. Him and uh, you know, talking about bedlam that year. You know, coming out, we were definitely the underdogs. I mean, uh, OU was playing on the all cylinder of that year, and it was just kind of one of them freak deals. You know, when they they punted it and then, uh, uh, decided to repunt it to us. You know, it was
0: it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll get into the, the the punt part of it later, but one of the things that I forgot about, probably because I've tried to forget about this game, um, is, you know, kind of everything else that happened up to that point. Oklahoma was pretty well dominating most of this game. Did you guys have a belief that you could come back? I mean, w- when did it kind of click like, oh, I think we're in this game, I think we have a chance, or did it really not click until Tyreek's running the ball down the sideline? Uh, you know, I feel like we never really
1: gave up. Uh I mean, we were just out there just trying to make something happen. I mean, no one was really trying to force anything. I mean, it was just all we gotta do is make plays and we can come back and, and be in this game was really all we were thinking about
0: at the time. Yeah, and it did having Mason at quarterback did that give you just that extra little bit of confidence knowing you had a guy who could really make some plays? Right.
1: And it just it, it felt it felt a little easier on me just because, you know, like he's a he's a freshman, I'm a freshman. So you're not in there with the vet who's going to be, like, yelling at you if you mess up. But just because you know that we're both young, so we're going to make mistakes. But at the same time, we're going to make our handful of plays, you know, that we make every game.
0: For sure. Did that give kind of the whole team a sense of uh, maybe calm going into a Bedlam game? Because you knew you were the underdogs. You knew, hey, listen, everyone expects us to lose, so let's just go out here and play. Oh, no
1: doubt. It It, it kind of just... Had everybody relaxed, to be honest, and, and once we got out there, it was just playing at all cylinders, not having a doubt in our mind, and just just trying to come out with a dove.
0: Yeah, because the rest of your career, Bedlam became a huge game. You know, there was a lot of pressure on those. I imagine that was a very different feeling in those other games.
1: Yeah, those 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 Bedlam games after that were pretty tough for us. Um, but like like I, like. Everyone who lives in Oklahoma knows how how much, you know, Bedlam is to Oklahoma. So, I mean, they're they're weighted differently than any other game on the year. I can tell you that.
0: Definitely. All right. So, I guess we can talk about the punt. (laughs) (laughs) So, you're in practice every day. You know everyone in the world obviously knows who Tyreek Hill is these days. I mean, nobody would ever give him the ball voluntarily Ever, You know, you would never punt it to him at all in the NFL or anything like that. But at the time, he didn't even have a punt return. He had a kick, couple kickoff returns, but he never returned a punt. You guys knew how fast he was. You guys knew how dynamic he was. Was it almost hilarious to you that, oh, you decided to punt it to him again? I mean, were you kind of all looking at each other like, what are they doing?
1: I just remember uh, being on the sideline, and everybody's like, are you serious? They, they're punting it to him again? <laughs> And that's when they punted it, and I, he kind of did the little hezy and hit the sideline, and I was like, oh, no, this looks good. <laughs> and there he goes.
0: <laughs> Were you running down the sideline with him?
1: I was. As soon as he scored, I took off to the end zone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is he the fastest player you've ever seen?
1: For sure, hands down. I haven't seen anyone else like
0: him. Even in even you know now that you're in the NFL, there's still no one yeah. that compares.
1: Even even in the league, I mean, I remember one day we were. It was kind of like a spring game, and uh, I was blocking for him on a bubble, and we were maybe on like the opposite ten, and uh, this guy catches the bubble, gets outside of me before I even block the corner, and outruns the safety who had a. Dang good angle. And from that day forward, I was like, this guy's
0: special. <laughs> I
1: saw him throw up the peace sign like he does now. <laughs> it was
0: over. Yeah, man. that's I, I was at a Cowboys Chiefs game a couple years ago, and the Cowboys scored with like four seconds left in the half. And my friends got up to go to the restroom, and I was like, hold on, guys, the Cowboys still have to kick it off to Tyreek Hill. And he, of course, returned it for a touchdown. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't count this guy out. That's crazy. So, the impact of this game was really interesting as well. Looking back at the video, I mean, Gundy didn't even have a mullet at this point. Uh, is this a game that you feel like OU, OSU got their swagger back?
1: Oh, for sure. I, it was like after that game, we were playing with such high confidence, and and guys were, I mean, just playing lights out and stuff, so I really, I really feel like that was like a Like a momentum
0: shifter for us for for years. Yeah, and you and Mason would team up and and set all kinds of of records and things like that. I mean, I think sometimes fans maybe over um, or they try to underplay the idea of momentum. But do you feel like this momentum can be a real thing when you get a big win like that? I mean, it gives you the confidence and practice and things like that going forward? Oh, no doubt. I
1: know without a doubt that it's, you know, it's uh, like a momentum shift before you, especially for young players, too. I mean, to win a game like that that you know is a, you know, a big rivalry game for that state, it it just has you, you know, kind of, kind of almost feeling yourself a little bit. And, and, you know, just knowing that you and your brothers are
0: top dogs of that state. <laughs> Do you... I, I I guess was it sweeter happening in Norman and kind of shutting a crowd up, or would, do you think it would have been better to have the OSU crowd like rushing the field or something like that? I I, I think it was better
1: being in Norman, but just because I, I know how much you know OU doesn't like OSU and all that, but
0: yeah, and, I think yeah, I think it was better being there. Yeah, and, and OSU has. Um, you know, doesn't have that many bedlam wins in Norman, so to be part of one of them, I guess, is a nice feather in your cap. Oh, yeah, for sure. What was it like? So that was – I could be wrong, but I think – was that the last game before the bowl games? Yeah, because that got you guys bowl eligible. <laughs> yeah. So when like you guys that, come back for your bowl practices, was it – I mean, was the mood just incredible?
1: Oh, it was for sure. Because, you know, it was the whole deal where – uh it was like, Dundee's uh, bowl streak is going to be ruined if we lose this game. and So it was kind of a lot of pressure on us just because we wanted to, you know, keep that bowl streak going.
0: That's interesting that, that you guys cared about something like that. That sounds like something that the media or someone cares about, but players wouldn't notice. But that that was something that you guys really wanted for your coach and your team?
1: Oh, for sure.
0: And then the bowl game, you guys went, went on to win your bowl game against uh, Washington, right? We did. Uh, yep, in the Cactus Bowl. Cactus Bowl. What was the Cactus yeah. Bowl swag like? That's a question I like to ask people. <laughs> uh, it, it was. It was pretty
1: good, to be honest. You know, I had never been to Arizona, so you know, it was kind of cool to get down there and see see some new stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, um, so you're still playing. A lot of times when I talk to guys, I'm talking to guys who aren't playing anymore, but. Um, the question still kind of remains what is what's something that you learned from your time in college football that you take into not just your football life but your regular life what's like one of the main lessons you learned in football uh
1: nothing in life comes easy <laughs> i can tell you that <laughs> that's that's for one thing for sure that i learned but i mean you just gotta you just gotta stick with it and be persistent about it and can't give up easily i've learned that from plenty of football games you You can't throw in a towel too quick because you never know what's gonna happen. So
0: that's true. You can't. Yeah, and and maybe they'll just punt it twice to Tyree Kill. That's the lesson in life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, James, I really appreciate you uh, coming on today, and uh, good luck this season with the Steelers.
1: I appreciate it, man.
0: Thanks again to James for that conversation. That was a really, really good conversation. And, um, you know, I didn't like talking about it, but, you know, sometimes it helps. It's therapeutic to talk about things that are painful. So I said I would tell you what happened to Tyreek Hill. This is where the story gets dark and twisted. Less than a week after he became a cowboy's hero with one of the most iconic and impressive and Just clutch plays in the history of Oklahoma State. He was dismissed from the team after being arrested on a domestic violence charge. He he allegedly punched and choked his pregnant girlfriend and was kicked off the team. He would eventually get three years probation for the offense. And he would play at A last chance you, you know, you hear about the show last chance you, he played at one of those schools. He went to the university of West Alabama, where he was actually just kind of average. He wasn't even great there. And the chiefs took a huge gamble by taking him. They took a big PR hit when they took him in the fifth round of the 2016 NFL draft. It was, it was a big deal that they did this. And I mean, you can't say it's done anything but pay off for them. All he's done since they got him was make four Pro Bowls, be a two-time first-team All-Pro. He made the NFL's 2010s All-Decade team as a punt returner. And he made that huge play in the Super Bowl to help the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. It's paid off for them. And he's had a few run-ins here and there and some, some questionable things, but nothing like what happened the week after the biggest play of up to that point of his life. He kind of became a case of what could have been at Oklahoma State. If he'd have stayed another year, what could they have done with him in the offense? You know, where would he have gone in the draft? He would have certainly been a first or second round pick in the draft if he'd have stayed another year. I mean, a guy with world class speed that at that position, it, it, he would have gone first or second round. Now he would definitely go first round because he's one of the best players in the NFL. And so it's it's really really. a a very twisted tale of of Tyreek Hill and what happened after this game. And it's unfortunate that that is what happened. I mean, as soon as he became a star, he was gone. And then we heard from him again, and we still hear from him. But there was a time where his entire career was going to be snuffed out because of this horrific thing that he did. I hope he's cleaned up his life. Seems, I guess, like he has. I hope he's become a much better person and that nothing like this ever happens again but obviously oklahoma state did what they had to do you can't keep a guy around the team that did something like that so you know it is weird talking about this game you have to bring that up you have to say hey what happened to tyree kill after that that's exactly that's what happened that's why that's his only punt return touchdown for oklahoma state his only punt return touchdown for in in the fbs was that punt return touchdown it is a fascinating, fascinating tale. Well, I didn't like talking about Oklahoma losing this week, but I'm going to have to do it again next week. And let me just say, my guest next week may be one of the most unexpected guests to ever I'll ever have on this show, on this podcast. It was a fun, it was a great conversation. And if you know anything about me, I think you'll be stunned when you see this name pop up on your phone because you subscribe to the Bedgood's Big 12 Bullets podcast. And if you don't go do that now, give me a rating on iTunes, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, whatever. Subscribe so you can get the notification and find out who my guest is next week, because it really, I promise you, you'll be surprised. This is the Bedgood's Big 12 Bullets game of the week.